are listening to Rogue Table Talks. Here's Mike. And here we are. Mike and Chad, Rogue Table Talks. Number 118. RTT. Here we are in the latter part of August now. Year of our Lord 2021. They call it the dog uh, days around here? Is this dog days? Dog days. Yeah, the dog days. I'm not sure why they're called the dog days. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't Something sound to do with great. the heat. And... <laughs> it doesn't, no. sound, doesn't sound awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, uh, here we are in the dog days of August. Uh, not quite. School's not quite starting. Uh, you know, we're sort of at the end of summer. People taking trips, finishing those up. Uh, and... You know, we are, but we're here for you, wherever you are in mm-hmm. that journey. Yeah. Uh, we're here. Michael we have Chad not gone away. <laughs> we have not gone away. Uh, doing Rogue Table Talks. You can subscribe anywhere uh, on your podcasting services, roguetabletalks.com. Uh, if you've got a, a, a question or a thought, rtt at roguetabletalks.com. Get that to us, and uh, we will... Um, we'll do something with it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll answer it, get back <laughs> with you, maybe even talk about it on the on the air, uh-huh. on the airwaves. There you go. To get you know, to get enough question. You um, get famous. You might, yeah, you might get. Fam- it might be your shot uh, to also have a, a very small scale podcast. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, so yes, um, we are. Uh, talking about the one and others, um, still there's these descriptions, expectations, commands uh, for New Testament Christians, believers, uh, followers of Christ, um, and we're going to talk about serve one another, which sounds, you know, pretty basic. We got to serve one another, kind of. We know that <laughs> it seems like, yeah. Uh, <coughs> but let's uh, maybe take a little more closer look at at what. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little more complicated uh, than we uh, than we uh, assume. Uh, and let me start Galatians five thirteen. It's a pretty straightforward verse. Uh, but you, ha- he says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Uh, okay, so there's a lot. It kind of in that verse there's a lot of context um let's start with for you have been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters um what do you what's uh you know what are some things that he's got in mind there when he says you're called to live in freedom brothers and sisters well i mean i initially think of the context of galatians which was uh greek gentile christians non-jewish people coming to Christ and then being in a church setting where there were Jewish Christians who were telling them in order to be a faithful Christian, you also needed to be circumcised and you needed to have this mark and become like the Jewish Christians there. And Paul is uh, sharply rebuking the Galatian church because many of them were being circumcised. And sharply rebuking them because it 
they were adding to the gospel or distorting the gospel, however you want to say it. It's, chapter 1 is pretty clear. He's not happy with it. Mm-hmm. So I think... The, but there is also something for us there. I, think, I don't know if we talk about this enough. There's a freedom uh, in the gospel and in Christ that you don't have to perform in order to be loved. You don't have to do anything in order to receive grace. Um, you can not be very spiritually disciplined and God doesn't think worse of you. All those things can be good things, but the initial seed of the gospel is, you know, knowing you're in need of forgiveness and opening yourself up to that forgiveness. It's not works and it's not performance and it's not perfectionism. So there's a freedom that comes with, uh, I don't have to spiritually achieve uh, so that I can be loved. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. I and mean, that's a good, you know, in a sense, quick uh, recap or tour of, of Paul's message to the church there in Galatia and what was going on. Uh, and he says, yeah, you've been called to live in freedom. Like, you don't have to... Uh, it's not that being circumcised is one thing or another. Uh, you know, and this, he's not really talking about that. He's talking about circumcision as a means to keep the law that you need to you know that you can follow jesus but you also got to do the law uh, and you also have to be circumcised and you also have to do all this jewish stuff you also you add you know as you said to the gospel um and your performance with respect to those things is important and it you know impacts your standing and all he says you know you've been called you're called to live in freedom you're not tied to all of that Mm -hmm. um your you know the work of christ on the cross is you know, what, you know, brings you into good standing with God, period. You know, by God's grace, you're saved, he says earlier in the book. Um, And so you've been called to live in freedom. But, next sentence, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So I think there is a, uh, you know, it seems like there is some version of what I think we would all, you know, free means you can do what you want. Right. Uh, and that's not what free means in this context at all. You, so you're free from the law. You, you don't have to do all of these things that the law would require. You know, you don't have to have other sacrifices and stuff because the sacrifice of Christ on the cross is sufficient. Um, you know, his righteousness is sufficient. You don't need to add yours to it in order to maintain good standing with God. However, so you're free from all of those demands which were impossible to fulfill, and only Christ could fulfill them. However, that doesn't mean you can do what you want, what you do doesn't matter, uh, you have freedom to live any way you feel like. Uh, and I think this gets confused for us as Americans because we we kind of, freedom is a political term as well, that we are free politically to do a lot of stuff that we you know want to do, uh, that we're free politically yeah. to do a lot of bad stuff, you know? Uh, and, uh, to, so he's not speaking of the political implications. He's speaking of, you know, as you live out your life and you're standing with God and your relationship with him, you, you know, you, you have freedom because he's done all the work. And as you follow him, you have freedom, but that doesn't mean you just can satisfy, you know, your sinful nature. It doesn't mean you can, it doesn't mean you don't have, uh, other obligations as, a member of God's family and a part of his body and so on and so on. I mean, do you think we get that confused when we, you know, when we 
when we think of freedom and when politics talks about freedom here, do you think we get that confused uh, a lot of times? I think we can. I'm trying to think of an analogy. I don't know if this is a good one, but um, the, the, the potential reason that people uh, would abuse the freedom uh, be, is because, you know, the other side of, you know, you've been, you've been freed from spiritual performance. The other side of that, you've been freed that you will be, you are forgiven. You are forgiven for any sin you commit, past, present, future. Um, so there's a freedom there as well. You don't have to uh, be so obsessive about, uh, I had a wrong motive, or I, I had a this, I had a that. Now, um, there's other things to say about that, but there's there's that side of freedom as well. Is I'm The gospel covers my sinfulness, so I don't have to obsess about that either. Um, so the potential for abuse for me in my head, it's probably depending on what type of temperament you are, whether, let's just for simplicity's sake, you potentially could be a rule keeper or you could potentially be a rebel. That's, those are broad categories and maybe too simplistic, but um, where there's two coinciding parts of a spectrum uh, when it comes to the spiritual errors that we make, and one of those would be legalism. So you're a rule keeper, and you think, well, you got to keep the rules. You gotta, you have to have your, you know, you know, time with God at this point, and you have to tithe this much, and you have to do this. And if you don't, then you're not faithful in those things. But the other side of that, you know, so that's like a rule keeper error. But the other end of that spectrum is called antinomianism, which simply means anti-law. Uh, and the temptation on that end is to say, well, I'm forgiven no matter what. Um, I can live how I want to live. Let it rip, baby. Let it rip. You know, and, and people will quote uh, Martin Luther, the reformer, and say, you know, when he said, you know, sin boldly, and uh, they take that to be, take that to heart <laughs> as mm -hmm. a bolster right. for, right. you know, I'm forgiven. Like, stop obsessing about this. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about it. And so that's that's anti-law, and that's another error that people fall into. So I think it. It's obvious. It uh, could be a confusion of. We grew up in America. We we have a ton of freedoms, and also I think it's a, a temptation based on your temperament to abuse grace on either side. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's a sense about our culture in which I remember. Uh, we were leading, I think this is a trip you were on as well. We were leading a group of students in Germany on a mission trip. And, you know, we were crossing the street uh, and um, we walked up the street. And there was no cars anywhere. And but the light was, you know, the crosswalk light was red and we just started walking across it. And the pastor's wife was just sort of freaking out because we were we were walking against the light. And it was sort of a cultural right. difference of. And we're like, we're just Americans. We're like, obviously, this is fine. There's no cars here. It's no big deal, you know? Right. Uh, and so there's two different sort of views on, on the rules. And I think, but one of the things I think that that's, what, one of the things I think we miss when we are kind of in that dynamic is if we're, um, you know, if we're sort of, you know, should I be here or should I be here? Should I be legalistic or should I be in it? And I know me and Um is that you know we are we are saved we have uh you know freedom 
we are free from these things and that's all good uh, and this idea of being saved from the penalties of saved from the status uh, is true but also that we're saved to something that mm-hmm. our salvation allows us to be the people God destined us to be to be members of God's family uh, to be fully functioning parts of the body of Christ uh, and part of that is we are now we're freed so that we can serve one another in love. That's how the verse ends. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Instead, your freedom isn't about you only. In fact, it's not about you mostly. You're freed up to now be who God has called you to be in the body of Christ, to serve one another uh, in love. And I think there's this one another part of that that... Uh, that we can also get wrong, that serving is about my identity. I'm supposed to be a servant, so I serve to have the right sort of stance. And that part is fine, but it's incomplete because that pretty soon that makes my service to you about me and not about you. And really, my service should be about you. And so instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And I think if we sort of just wallow in that for a second, that's, that's also pretty um, arresting or pretty countercultural or pretty surprising that we're well, let me, let me go back to all these what obligations the... and we, now we're going to be what God calls us to be. Yeah, a placeholder. It's surprising, but if you, if you put different language on it, you actually have something to live for. So it's a purpose. Right, and, and it's that we all know that every person needs a purpose. But um, if you go back to the saved from aspect, I'm, I'm reminded of like a Jordan Peterson. It was either um, a podcast he was doing or in one of his books. And he said, he was talking to people about retirement. Like, what do you want your retirement to be? And they were like, oh, my retirement is sitting on a, on a sunny beach with the ocean and just a trail of my ties, you know, behind me type thing. And he just said, that's not retirement. That's a travel poster. Like that's, that's not actually something you want to live for. So when I think of it's like, not enough, it's not enough. And it, it only like, he goes, that'll last. It's good for like three days. Yeah. But, but that's what being saved from only looks like. I'm saved from something. So, you know, thank God let's, you know, I, I'm free from all that. But you still need a purpose and you need a mission and you need some resistance in the world that says that that really calls to you, do you have what it takes? I think we're all asking that question. Do I have what it takes and what am I here for? And a test of our own strength or gifts or knowing that we're doing something to, you know, tear off the darkness, uh, uh, even if it's Mm -hmm. little by little in the world. And so to me, when you it's very clear in the new Testament and the scriptures, but it's, we're saved from something we're saved for something. And we, that's a really significant gift to be able to have a purpose and to be able to have some concrete purposes, love one another, forgive one another, serve one another. Like that's a concrete purpose, like serve one another. Yeah. And I think that's, it's, it might be easy for us to say, well, the save from something is the good part. Uh, the save for something, okay. Uh, where, but the save for something is also for us as well. That well, until you're sitting that. on a beach for two weeks, 
with my tattoo. Yeah, and you're, like, you're like, okay, okay I'm, I'm bored. I doing this tomorrow too? Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, what else? I mean, okay, that, that was fine, but it's, it's fine for a vacation, but this isn't why I'm on, you know, still in this part of the story. Uh, and so the, actually this using your freedom to serve one another in love is part of the purpose for which we're saved, part of the identity for which we're saved, part of the people that we're called to be, without which we won't have joy and peace and all of that stuff. And it seems, you know, it's, it's upside down and countercultural. Uh, and I kind of want to maybe examine that from another angle as well, because one of the things we would sign up willingly for is what we're called to follow Jesus. Uh, I'm called to be a follower of Jesus. Um, okay, so, you know, we've got lots of examples of Jesus on this topic of service, so let's look at a couple of them. One of them, I think, that's a little, um, you know, it, the, the, there's a verse that's, um, that we'll, we'll get to that's very familiar. It's in Matthew 20. Uh, but there's, I think the context of all of it is interesting. In Matthew 20, you've got this, uh, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, where people work different amounts. Some people work all day. Some people work most of the day, half the day, a quarter of the day, and then just a couple hours. Um, and they all get, you know, the, the, the owner of the vineyard pays them all the same. And, you know, the idea is, sort of what we talked about before, you're not laboring for your pay, that you're laboring for something bigger, and that if God wants to, uh, you know, be more generous here or there, it's, that's, that's his, uh, it's not a one-to-one thing. Like, you're not owed. It's not that sort of relationship uh, anymore. Uh, and right. then, so there's that thing. And then there's this, you know, Jesus foretells his death again uh, in that chapter. And this is sort of a, okay, we just remember why we're here. We're not here to then take over the government and to, you know, so you can live high uh, instead of the Romans living high. We're, you know, that's, you know, just a reminder. Uh, and then at the end of the chapter, there's this, um, there's this little episode with the mother of James and John, with James and John, starting at verse 20, uh, where you have uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to with her sons. So James and John's mom comes up and they're there. And kneeling before him, she asked him for something, and he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm able to drink, that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared for my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, and here Jesus sort of names this whole upside-down uh, nature of, you know, stop, you know, get out of your mind the sense of hierarchy and privilege and who gets rewarded or whatever. Put all of that aside. Um, you're called, if you want to be great in the kingdom, then here's, you know, you need to be the last. You want to be great, you need to serve. 
uh, just like Jesus, because we're, that's who we're, you know, say we're following, we're called, we're saved to serve, follow Jesus. Jesus came uh, not to be served, but to serve, to serve even by giving his life as a ransom for many. Uh, so not just like checking a box serving, but, you know, if we're going to follow Jesus, it's going to involve signing up for this sort of upside down. I don't see what I'm getting out of this. Maybe it seems like a bad transaction. Uh, I'm not sure this is always going to work for me sort of serving that, you know, put all of that out of your mind, put how much wages, put all of that out of your mind that you're called to follow Jesus by serving, just like he gave us, he's laid his life down, that sort of thing. And if you want to be great, then you have to be, you know, less. And uh, I think that speaks directly. And I know in the church, I think we can be guilty of sort of incentivizing people to serve in a way that's pretty opposite from what Jesus is doing here. You know what I'm saying? Say, say more about that. Well, we can say like, it, it, and it's sort of a, it, you know, it, you can understand why it happens because as a leader in church, if I want you to serve, I want you to have a good experience. I want you to be prepared. Uh, I want it to be fulfilling. Uh, you know, I want all of these things. It, and yet, I, that in wanting that, I can run the risk of sort of selling you that actually it's better for you to serve in a way in which you're going to judge it. Oh, that was great. I had a great experience. I'm glad I did it. Uh, and I got out of that what, you know, what I thought, you know, I'd get out of it. It was a good transaction. Where maybe it becomes uh, less about the service and more about the servant being happy with what they're doing. Right. I mean, there's some sense in which, well, I can't, I want you to be happy. But what Jesus is saying here is put all of that out of your mind that, you know, you need to serve for the sake of the other person. You need it for the sake of the story, for the sake of the sake of the purpose of God. If you're going to follow Jesus and to lay your life down without thinking of, of the cost is part of what. And of course, because I think in the first scenario, I mean, who cleans the toilet and says, well, that was a great experience. You know, <laughs> no one would ever, t you know, there's thankless jobs that no one's going to sign up for if it's a sort of a well just you know you'll have a great experience in serving well that's not always true sometimes it's a really hard experience sometimes it's disappointing sometimes it's discouraging sometimes it's just like you know jesus has nowhere to lay us at so if we're going to follow jesus in service then to expect it to be a wonderful experience is a bad expectation and then well, to say and, and, well i tried that and i had a bad experience so i'm not doing that again is to miss the point and, and i don't say that as a church person to say we you know we don't have to take care of people who serve and all that stuff i'm just saying there's a tension there that i'm trying to name does that make sense the temptation i think yeah it makes sense i think is service can always be self-service and it can always be a form of um, stroking the ego or whatever. And you've been talking about tasks and I think that's important. I think, you know, the other, you know, what you started with was serve one another, love one another, forgive one another. Okay. Those are, those are sacrificial because they don't always forgiving someone that's hurt you 
may not feel good. Um, in the end, it will result in your freedom and um, hopefully reconciliation. But that's going to be a sacrifice that's painful. Loving one another is a sacrifice that's painful. And so I think what we're saying here is weigh the cost. And yeah, you should figure out your spiritual gifts and serve in those. And there's going to be an element of fulfillment, absolutely. But but the other thing I think is um, I'm reminded of uh, the beginning, the opening scene of Lord of the Rings, uh, and Tolkien knew about sin. He, I think, he captured the dynamics of sin um, probably better than a lot of um, preachers, myself included. Uh, but uh, when they're talking about the rings being forged and nine rings were given to men, and then the voiceover just says, "Who above all else desire power?" And what, when these two, when the, the, the mother of the brothers ask for to sit at the right and the left, it's about power. Where's the places of power? Where's the places of honor? And I think our ego is always wanting some sort of power move, power play. I want to call the shots. I want to get kudos. I, this freedom is like, well, it'd be free if I was the one making all the decisions. And... I think, you know, the cognitive voice of, um, you know, what's in it for me, or I don't know if that's a good turnout is always there, but then there's the, the actual heart and the wrestle with the, the ego. Um, you can teach a Bible study and it really be about, I can teach it and it'd be about me and it'd be about whether I did a good job or not, or whether people give me encouragement or not, or I can get into ministry because I need to meet some emotional need that hasn't been met. I can stand on stage and say all the right things. I don't know if you started listening to the um, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, or if you listened to it. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, there's this element in the beginning of, of power. And the ego wants power and control, and Jesus command and invitation to serve is going to be if we do it uh well and we listen to our own sinfulness well it's going to be a humiliation of ego and a reversal of power and um yeah just seeing a bit of the stark contrast that's hard in our christian celebrity culture it really is when you can you know make millions of dollars being a christian pastor or author and you can have thousands of followers it's a difficult thing well, it's, uh, I think um, it's a difficult thing, and I think one of the, th you know, one of the perhaps things for us to think about is if we're thinking about, okay, what does it mean for me to serve one another in love, using my freedom to serve one another in love, um, and you know, to follow Jesus, who who you know, you know, was our was served us, um, you know, laid out laid down his life uh, for us. Uh, and I think it's an interesting, cause I do think we do tend to you know, have a hierarchy for some places, you know, of service in the kingdom feel more important to us, more prominent to us. Uh, and you know, as you say, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that happened on Mars Hill. I think he valued his own service in the kingdom more highly than he ought. And it got him, it got him into trouble. Um, but I wonder, and, and I think, I wonder if, if I'm called to serve in some area of prominence or some area that's more noticeable, I wonder if there's some part of me that is 
ought to, um, for the sake of it, serve in some thankless way that is anonymous and clearly not about me. Like if I'm going to do one, I probably should figure out how to do the other as well so that it's not about me, but it's about you. It's about, the, you know, um, and I think, you know, the prime example of this is in John 13 in the upper room and Jesus washes the disciples feet. Like, cause there's nothing, there's nothing about that. That's, I mean, the disciples are embarrassed to have Jesus wash. Their feet. I mean, it's, it's humiliating for both it's parts. Humiliating. Yeah. It's a humiliating for, I mean, it would be for us for sure to be, it's humiliating for both parties. And he's, but then he says, if I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. If you do them, he's saying, um, I did this for you. I laid down, you know, if you're going to follow me, then what you need to do is wash one another's feet. Whatever that means. You know, we're not, we don't have, you know, we have showers and, you know, bathrooms. <laughs> right. It's a different context. Shoes. It's a different context. But if I, whose feet am I washing? And do I ever wash feet? Is a probably a hmm. pretty good question that I should. That's a good question. Wrestle with. Uh, and if serving is never about washing feet, then somewhere I'm forgetting something, I think. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Richard Rohr prays for one small humiliation a day, an ego humiliation. So, you know, maybe we look for an opportunity. Maybe it's someone who, you know, we don't, you know, quote unquote, get a lot out of when we meet with them. But they've been wanting to meet with us and hang out or something. And, and, you have to be careful not to, to be a martyr when you're certain, right? Yeah, you know, so... A martyr, uh, is, about, a, a martyr is about themselves, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this thing and, you know, I don't really want to spend time with this person, but I'm going to do this great sacrifice of love for them. Well, that just feels like a martyr as opposed to, no, they need something. And maybe I can be available to them um, to listen to them or to encourage them. Um, that may be a, a foot washing, you know, opportunity, mm -hmm. but I like the question if I'm never washing feet, if it's never actually, if it's never costing me anything, now obviously we've got to be careful yeah. with people's right. abuse, people, people who are abusive backgrounds and all that stuff and boundaries. You want to be careful. But if I'm, if it's never costing me anything, like if I'm not eating crow ever, is it really service? Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's yeah. missing. Uh, and so that's the counterbalance to, you know, we in the church want for you to have a good experience in serving on the one hand. On the other hand, there's an element of foot washing that is indispensable that I need, you know, I need that. I need right. some level to wash your feet and I would never choose that. Uh, but that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be in his kingdom. And, you know, that's what it means to use your freedom, not to do whatever you want, but to serve one another in love. Uh, and as you say, part of that is just sometimes loving someone means washing their feet, which in your example 
might be listening patiently to someone who you find boring and uninteresting and exasperating that, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not willing to do that. And that, but that really might be the service that they need on that day. Uh, and it might be your daily humiliation to actually care about what somebody says when on one level you don't, we do, you don't at all. Hmm. And when you say it that way, man, I have all sorts of opportunities to serve one another in love that I pass by pretty confidently. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially, I think, especially if you are on the one hand kind of working in the kingdom, because it's easy to say, well, I don't have time for that. I've got more important serving. Yeah. I've got to prepare this study or yeah. Yeah. something, which is important, but it's, we just, I just say this, you, you, we can, the, can be so tricky with ourselves. And to me, yeah. it just takes a constant level of awareness and uh, vigilance to say, let me not deceive myself and assume that we're probably going to try to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've asked, you know, what am I up to? Uh, it's kind of a good question. Like, what am I up to here? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's probably not what I'm willing to believe at first. There's probably something a little less complimentary about it than I would be, uh, you know, willing to admit. And so, so maybe that's where we leave it. Uh, you know, that we have all of this freedom in Christ. We've been saved by grace. We're free from the law, free from having to perform, but we're not to use that freedom to do whatever we want, but instead to serve one another in love. And that's, you know, following Jesus. And so it, it, and it comes down to his example of washing feet. And so maybe that's the question we leave, we leave it with is, whose feet am I washing? Whose feet are you washing? When's the last time you ever washed anyone's feet? I mean, not, not literally mm -hmm. uh, or literally, you know, depending. Um, and what, uh, if, if never, then that's probably something to move toward as we follow Jesus. Uh, that uh, we use our freedom in Christ to serve one another in love. And with that, we hope you have a great week. Grace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks. Be sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen and on our YouTube channel. Just search Rogue Table Talks.